Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 735 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's episode of Bold Beginnings, Jenny Smith and I are going to be talking about pre-bolus. It's a simple concept that not many people learn about. Don't forget the Bold Beginnings series is all about things that listeners of the Juicebox podcast wish they would have known in the beginning. While you're listening today, don't forget that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you enjoy Jenny Smith and you'd like to hire her, she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're liking what you're hearing in the Bold Beginnings series and want to expound, learn more, you're looking for the Defining Diabetes episodes and the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes. There are lists of them at the Facebook page, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes in the Featured tab. That's a private group with over 27,000 members. If you're not on Facebook, check out juiceboxpodcast.com or just search in your favorite audio app. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Take the right insulin dose at the right time. The InPen is a reusable smart insulin pen that uses Bluetooth technology to send dose information to your mobile app, offering dose calculations and tracking. InPen helps take some of the mental math out of your diabetes management. You can get started right now with InPen at InPenToday.com, or perhaps you're ready to talk to a healthcare provider about InPen. Again, InPenToday.com. Head over there now to hear about the app that has current glucose on it, meal history, dosing history, and much more. Like dosing reminders, carb counting support, and a digital logbook. Lighten your diabetes management load with InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Seriously, InPenToday.com. Just head over now and check it out. InPen is an insulin pen that you may pay as little as $35 for. Offers available to people with commercial insurance, terms and conditions apply. But $35 for an insulin pen that talks to an app on your phone and keeps track of things, not unlike an insulin pump. This sounds like something you want to learn more about. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, visit InPenToday.com. And just like that, I've gotten the ads out of the way for you. So you can listen straight through to Jenny and I talk about pre-bolus. Jenny, our bold beginning series is going along well. We are making our way through. So far, we have recorded and put up honeymoon being diagnosed as an adult terminology, which came out in two parts. Uh, fear of insulin, the fifteen fifteen rule, long-acting insulin, time and range, like what range you're shooting for, and food choices. Today, we're going to talk about pre-bolusing. Ooh. Yes. So I hope you're ready. I'm going to scroll down to people's... I'm always ready. (laughs) I never know what we're topic going to kind of address. You're like, here, this is today. (laughs) I like you're like, you're like a member of my gang. You're like, we can do it. Let's just go out right now. I'm (laughs) always ready. 
what's the plan? (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. We'll figure it out as we go. (laughs) So the first person just says, I wish we had been told about pre-bolusing. And I'll, I'll have to tell you, I'm reasonably astonished when I see people who for days, weeks, months, and sometimes years of their lives using insulin run into the idea of pre-bolusing one day and then just go, I've never heard of this before. Correct. I've gotten multiple comments like that on the assessments that come in for the Mm -hmm. people that I get to work with. That's one of the big things. They're like, had somebody just told me about this or the emails that I get, you know, asking about like working together. Nobody had told me about pre-bolusing. I've been, you know, I've had type one for 40 years and nobody told me about it. Like, I talked to somebody recently, diabetes for 50 years, and, they, and I said, how do you handle your meals? You're like, you know, I just sit down and I bolus, then I eat. And I yeah. was like, I was like, like a pre-bolus? And they go, no, I mean, just, you know, just I do it at the same time. Why do you right. not do it earlier? Why would I do that? Right. Well, what yeah. about this? And they're like, oh, that makes sense. Well, and usually, I think the first piece of that comes with the rapid acting that we have had around for a number of years already mm-hmm. has the idea that rapid means rapid. So when it's prescribed to them in terms of what the doctor or educator has given them in information, it's take the insulin, start to eat your food. This is a rapid acting insulin. Yeah. But we've talked about it before. Rapid is not rapid. It well, I think still too, needs time. Especially for people who've never used a CGM or worn one. That you can't really see how food impacts blood sugar and how long it takes for it to start moving. And you can't see the differences between different, you know, types of carbs. And so if like you're saying, if somebody says, Well, it's rapid, I couldn't take my rapid insulin 15 minutes before I ate because it sounds like right. I would be in trouble. I, I don't want to get low. And they've probably seen themselves get low at some point. And then it then some, you know, probably not right. for the same reason, but then anecdotally they believe. I, I couldn't right. possibly ever do that. So the next right. person says it would have been nice if someone would just would have explained the importance of pre-bolusing. So I, I think we should. So if you're newly diagnosed, someone's giving you insulin and they're telling you probably count your carbs. You know, this formula will tell you how many, you know, how much insulin for this for this amount of carbs. The thing you need to understand different, I think, big picture is that the impact of the carbs happens over its own timeline, just as the impact of the insulin kind of happens over its own timeline. So if you Correct. just sort of like picture in your head, you know, a flat line going along your blood sugar at any number, it doesn't matter where, 85, 90, 110, 200, wherever you start eating at, you have like some stability. And then all of a sudden, the food starts to push your blood sugar up. There's sort of a bell curve that happens there going up. Yep. At the same time, the insulin tries to push your blood sugar down. So there's a bell curve going down. You need to line up the the impact of the carbs and the action of the insulin so that they're fighting with each other instead of just working unencumbered, I guess is Correct. the best way to say it, yeah. right? Yeah, you want to time them appropriately. And I think therein brings, I, I think brings in another piece potentially to <clears throat> timing from initial diagnosis, most people are told you don't have to change a thing that you're eating. You don't have to change a thing that you're going to feed your child or your teenager. Just remember you have to take insulin for whatever is eaten. Yeah. Well, if if that's the case then and they're not really 
transitioning at all from what they had been eating, which may be very high carb or very high glycemic types of foods, but you're also told rapid insulin, just take it before you start eating. As you just said, the timeline there of action is going to be very displaced and you want to you want to line those up or overlap them almost, overlay them mm-hmm. so that the insulin and the food start to work better together. I also think that it's possible that the statement from a doctor, you're not going to have to change how you eat, is true. But if they don't give you more context about how insulin works, that's not going to be very helpful because it will seem like you have to change how you eat. My, my point is that I believe I believe that if a doctor says you don't have to change how you eat and here's how you use insulin to make that true, that's one statement. But you are also going to run into doctors who are trying to um, soothe your soul with with that Correct. statement, right? You know, they're Correct. they're just trying to they're trying to say, look, I know that you've just found out that you or your kid has diabetes. This is all very shocking. We're talking about insulin for food, but don't worry. You don't have to change how you eat. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's more right, of a it makes comfort. It, as it makes it easier, yeah, right? Like, there's statement. one easy piece. It's a comfort to know, mm-hmm. well, I can keep eating, you know, Fruit Loops for breakfast. <laughs> well, and, and that's the other thing is they don't ask you how you eat. You know, they just say, don't no. worry, you won't have to change. And you're over there like, wow, this is great because I eat Popeyes for lunch and I have <laughs> this and I love a crispy chicken sandwich. So it's going to be like, and and <laughs> so it's a lovely thing to say to somebody. And I happen to believe it. You know, I, I think you can manage insulin for different eating styles, but you can't just tell somebody, eh, don't worry, you don't have to, you don't have to change how you eat, but not give them any more context than that. So correct at pre-bolusing. I mean, I guess the last thing I'm going to say before I move on to my next thought is that we did the, these episodes are in an order for a reason. Honeymooning happened first because pre-bolusing, if you're honeymooning, is going to look different than after you've had diabetes for a while too, you know? Correct. And so you're going to have to be careful about that because you might have, I mean, you see people worrying about it all the time. Go back to the honeymoon episode if you don't know what we're talking about. But if your pancreas is still making some insulin, you don't want to like... Be no. out ahead of the charge, going like, don't right. worry, I'll take care of it too. Now we got everybody right. trying to get your blood sugar down. Um, well, and the reason the concept of pre-bolusing comes after we've talked about the impact of food becomes even more beneficial than it sort of adds a layer to understanding, oh, I guess this discussion around like nutrition intake or food intake looks like I really do have to pay attention to insulin and oh look prebolus is the next thing to really bring into the picture along with what I choose to eat right. so yeah I mean there's listen there's a level of of um proficiency you need to bolus for more difficult foods right and yes. there's and prebolusing is a big part of it this person says here I was really confused on whether I should bolus before or after a meal it's interesting she says they made this sound like a preference and not what would work best. It took me five hmm. years into diagnosis to learn about pre-bolusing, and I only learned because of the podcast. So no one really, wow. no one really told me about, uh, told me that insulin doesn't work immediately, and that it has a lag time, whether I'm injecting it or pumping it. Which is really interesting because it, pre-bolusing is not, it's not a new concept by any means. Sure. When I was initially diagnosed and I was using our insulin, regular insulin, which mm-hmm. is short acting, takes a longer time to get moving in your system. 
that was told to my parents and explained very well from the beginning. If you're going to eat at noon, Jenny needs to have her insulin by 1130 at, at the latest yeah. in order to make sure that it's moving along with the food. So this concept of pre-bolus is certainly not, it's not just because we have rapid acting insulin and we, it's, it's been around for a long time, but it seems like there's a disconnect in terms of who teaches about it or who doesn't. I think you're, you've, I mean, for all of time, you're, you've been trying to balance the action of the insulin against the impact of the food. It's just that the amount of time that it takes for insulin to begin working has changed over the has years. Has changed. Right. Right. And so it's the same game. It's just different parameters. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's fascinating that, I mean, that somebody could get five years into this and have to find a podcast to learn about it. Because, it because what they fall into is that, well, this is just diabetes. This is what diabetes is. I eat, my blood sugar goes to 250. It stays there for a couple of hours. I and then feel it comes like down. crap and it comes back down again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that must be what this is because it happens every day. And so right. that's that. Um, here's a great. But yeah, and those are also the people that end up getting sort of hand slapped at visits with the doctor for why are your blood sugars not like more contained? Let's add more insulin probably in the wrong place because of the mismanagement of insulin specific to food. It's and that, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's that concept of, I listen, I, I'm not trying to be funny here, but if you're married, you know the concept of moving the goalposts, right? <laughs> like, so, <Yes>. yeah. So <laughs> you're told that the goal is here, and then you start working towards that goal, and someone comes in and goes, no, no, the goal's over here now. So no no information about pre-bolusing, and then it's your fault your blood sugar's high. Well, what are you right. doing? What are you eating? This, you know, and, and when you start getting questions like that, my opinion is you're either with an under- skilled clinician or a lazy one one or the other who's putting it back on you they either right. don't know or they don't want to try it's it's one or the other because if you knew how to use insulin your blood sugar would knock up to 250 after you ate correct it just wouldn't um tip here from this person pre-bolusing ahead of time like when i'm finishing cooking so that it doesn't feel like I'm waiting forever to eat. So this is a big part about pre-bolusing that we never talk about. There's a little beautiful post, this cute little like cherub-faced girl on my Facebook page the other day. She's like four years old. And um, and the mom's video is showing us a video of her. And this girl is just like, I don't want to wait. <laughs> That's so cute. I mean, mom, it's cute, but it's sad. It's, too. It's right. Like, it's, I don't want to wait. It's both things. And so it kind of sucks because... Yes, you do sort of have to pre-bolus ahead of time and think about it. Like when you're driving to the restaurant, is that the time or is it when I get out of the car at the restaurant or is it when I order, you know, because I don't know how long it's going to take for the food to come. And that's one problem. And when you're cooking at home, it's, well, I'm busy cooking. And so I don't, I didn't remember to do this. Now what am I going to sit and watch the food get cold? I'm not going to, you do have to think ahead. I'll tell you, there's all kinds of strategies. If, if we're on our way to a restaurant, and Arden's blood sugar is terrific, then I don't, nothing right. in the car, right? But when we pull up, I know the restaurant a little bit. I know we're going to be eating 20 minutes from now or 30 minutes from now. And about what she's going to eat. And about usually. what she's going to have. I might be like, hey, why don't you bowl us like five carbs, 10 carbs now. Then after she right. eats, we check again, put in a little more. I'll tell you, with that strategy, 
we went to a place the other day, Arden Hatter period. I haven't said Arden Hatter period in the podcast for a while, so I think it was about time. And so um, <laughs> we're going into this diner kind of place where she is going to get something not good. Like, like sure. yeah, quality-wise. This is going to be a French toast and real syrup and or a macaroni and cheese situation. She's just juggling the possibilities in her head on the way to the place, right? And um, on top of that, she had a little ice cream while we were waiting to leave. <laughs> and so she missed on her ice. I said, did you pre-bolus this ice cream? She goes, look at my graph. Does it look like I did? <laughs> I said, no, it doesn't. And so, <laughs> so she's heading up 140, 150. We're trying to bolus it. And we roll into the place. We're already bolusing in the in the parking lot because this one, it's 170 now. Like she totally just booted the the ice cream. And her blood sugar leveled out at 200. But still with all that pre-bolusing, we, she ate a massive, I'm just going to call it a pile of macaroni and cheese, like all kinds of cheese. And within a two-hour window, she went from not pre-bolusing ice cream to eating macaroni and cheese to back to 95. Right. And it's because of where we thought to put the insulin in. Correct. Like nothing else. It's, I mean. Well, and where to put the insulin with a little bit of good information or attention to the information you have, right? Yeah. Had you only had finger sticks, that would have been harder to do. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. We we have access to where our levels are trending now because thankfully a lot of people have access to using a continuous monitor, mm -hmm. right? So that's a teaching piece in terms of pre-bolus and the idea behind it and a comfort level around starting to do it if you've never had that, you know, in your habit before for food yeah. um, is where's your blood sugar? Like you said, if it's level coming in or on the way to a place you're going to eat, maybe you don't pre-bolus until you get to the parking lot or until you actually get seated, especially, you know, if it's more of a sit down kind of place and you have th this waiting time. Um, whereas, you know, if your blood sugar is already heading up, you're going to do something about it, even if it's just the corrective insulin that you take right now mm -hmm. so that you can get some things leveled off before you actually sit down and bolus for the food. So there's a lot that you can use your CGM in a high level way to learn how to put insulin in in the right place. Right. That story is a collection of my, I mean, 14 years of knowledge, having a CGM, knowing how to bolus for food. It's not the first time she had macaroni and cheese. You, you know, like there's all kinds of stuff that I knew about that. Uh, it, it is not the story about the time we pre-bolus in the parking lot of a, of a restaurant and then walked in and found that no one brought their wallet with them. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like just back in the car, just hammering home, <laughs> trying to get to some food before the pre-bolus worked. Still worked it out. It was just a little more stressful. Um, My strategy would have been like, somebody goes home to get food, get the wallet. The rest of us go into the restaurant we'll and we order and order. we get going. Well, it was that me, would have been my strategy. It was me and kids. At the, it, was, oh. it happened a long time ago. I would have been abandoning small children in a restaurant, but, which, by the way, they probably would have been fine. I mean, look where they ended up with my help. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this person says, uh, oh, this is about timing of a pre-bolus. And, and I'll tell you, you know, this is the next step. Once somebody wraps their head around, I'm going to pre-bolus, they want to know how long. Is right. It five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And to me, I mean, it that has a lot to do with where your blood sugar is at the moment, what it is you're going to eat next, and then you got to practice. I mean, right. you know, 
if, if you have more to add to that, go ahead. But I haven't been able to figure out any more than that in all these years. No, I mean, there is there's an assumed strategy to get going with. Again, a lot of it is relative to the content of the meal. Um, and, you know, if you're sitting down to a chicken Caesar salad, you're probably not going to have a really long pre-bolus, again, depending on where your blood sugar is sitting. But even then, a meal like that being lower on the scale of glycemic index comparative to a big bowl of rice and grilled chicken, mm -hmm. there's a difference there, you yeah. know? Um, so, Well, Jenny, somebody said something here I want to pick your brain about. They said there's a rule of 10 that they were taught. It said <laughs> take the blood sugar you have now and divide it by 10 for your pre-bolus time. Have you ever heard that? Hmm. I have not. That's an interesting concept. I haven't either. So if your blood sugar is 180, you should have an 18-minute pre-bolus. Your blood sugar is 300. Essentially. You can pre-bolus a half an hour before. So I guess, I, I mean, to a degree on the lower end of blood sugar, it still tells you you still need somewhat of a pre-bolus. Mm -hmm. You know, if your blood sugar is 70... That's still a seven-minute pre-bolus time. Yeah, I. that's the one thing I still can't hammer through Arden's head. Like, w without me there, going back to the ice cream store, I said, why didn't you pre-bolus the ice cream? She said, well, my blood sugar was 90. And I said, that don't matter. You still need a pre-bolus. <laughs> that's a good blood sugar. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you had a good blood sugar. We're trying to keep it here. And, right. and she just was like, okay. And then that was it. But she's 18 and... You know, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, pre-bolus your meals. Like I'll tell you right now, with no, I have nothing scientific to back this up. You start pre-bolusing your meals. I think your A one C goes down a point. I just think it does. You, you know, I I think it's, if you you wonder why you can't get into the sixes and you're not pre-bolusing meals, it, it, that's probably a large reason why. Especially if your A one C is. If it's under eight, but not quite where you want it yet, let's say in some range of five and a half to six and a half, if that's your pie in the sky kind mm -hmm. of place to get to, if you're higher than that pre-bolus, I would agree with you. It's a lot of the reason that that A1C tends to be higher is the post-meal time period that's left higher than you want it to be, especially if your overnights are really solid value that's in target and right where you want it to be. If you're having post-meal excursions, getting those contained with just the concept of a pre-bolus, if you hadn't been doing any at all, will likely bring your A1C down. I like that you've been saying excursions lately. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like that word. It's my, I new, it favorite. It's my new favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why exactly. All right. Have we left anything out here or are we good? Um, I don't think so. I think from a base level, it gives a good idea of the pre-bolus concept. I mean, there's certainly a, a deeper dive into it, but other than that, we've yeah. given a good right. coverage. So head over to the to the um, pro tips to learn more, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you got to pre-bolus your meals. Like there's situations where you can't, if you're eating when you're 60, I get it if you'd be scared. Um, but generally speaking, please pre-bolus your meals. Thanks so much to InPen from Medtronic Diabetes for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Check it out at InPenToday.com. 
If you can't remember that, there are also links at juiceboxpodcast.com and links in the show notes of the podcast player you're probably listening in right now. And if you're not listening in a podcast player, I mean, can you please? Subscribe and follow in a podcast app. It helps the show, and honestly, it's easier for you. The episodes come right to your phone, and the phone is right with you constantly. Mine's right here. See? I just picked it up. Everyone always has their phone. Uh, Arden's Blood Sugar is 126, in case you were wondering. So let me just tell you again, because I know there are a lot of episodes of the podcast. If you're looking for the Defining Diabetes episodes, or for the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes... They're, of course, right in your podcast player. Just go to all episodes and you scroll around and you can find them or search and find them by searching for something like Diabetes Pro Tip or Defining Diabetes. There are also lists available on the private Facebook group, which, by the way, is completely free, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. So not only are you going to find a Facebook group with 27,000 members in it, people just like you who are sharing experiences and ideas, but at the Featured tab at the top, you'll find all the lists of not just these series, but all of the series that exist within the podcast, and there are many. There's even a special website, diabetesprotip.com, where the Defining Diabetes and Diabetes Pro Tip episodes are, even if you just need it to see the episode numbers that correlate with each episode, so you can go back to your podcast app and, and look for that episode. I may have just made that sound more difficult than it is. Juiceboxpodcast.com, diabetespro-tip.com, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook, or just scroll through your podcast app or use the search feature. The Defining Diabetes series is amazing, as is the Diabetes Pro Tip series. You don't want to miss it. If you've been enjoying these Bold Beginnings episodes and you want to dig down deeper, those two other series, those are the place to go. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.